0: Are you really that angry? Uh, one of my favorite comedians is Bill Burr. Bill Burr has a bit on one of his early albums about smashing cupcakes, at like a flea market or someplace like that. And he ruminates about the panicked reactions of the people around him at the flea market as, you see, as they see him uh, start to smash these cupcakes in like a psycho. Like, Bill Burr more or less embodies repressed rage on stage. You're, at least he did, you know? Like, he's he's mellowed some with age. You know, he's, he's still visibly irked and frustrated by much of life, but it's, it's more balanced out these days, you know? When, when, I, when I first started doing stand-up, I would talk about minutiae in life as if it were, infinitely frustrating, right? This was a very Seinfeldian thing to do. It was a very Bill Burr thing to do. You know, I loved the TV show Seinfeld, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, Larry David. I loved Bill Burr's stand-up. But just because you love something another artist is doing, you know, doesn't mean that that same vibe is an accurate expression of you, you know? You're laughing at what they're doing because there's something in there that you're connecting with, you know, you know you're feeling something, but you're only connecting with a part of them, right? You're only vibing on their frequency to an extent. You know, you don't vibrate at that exact same frequency that they do. You know, lots of artists start out by imitating their artistic idols, you know, most likely poorly imitating. You know, I, ne- I never copied the mannerisms of Seinfeld or Burr, but they did have a strong influence on my writing, you know, on on my topic selection uh, for jokes. And my go-to emotions for most of the things I was writing about were frustration and anger. And often they were exaggerated in ways that if I was being honest, I would have admitted yeah, I don't really feel this strongly about this. You know, I'm not this angry. I was never as upset as I'm pretending to be over this. Faking emotion in stand-up is death, right? You're, you're dead in the water. People will read it on you immediately. You can't accurately manufacture feelings around a topic if you don't actually have some of those feelings in some kind of way. I mean, maybe if you're like a really good actor or actress, you can do that. But you know, that that doesn't mean, also I wanna point out that that doesn't mean that what you express on stage is exactly how you feel, right? Art leaves wiggle room. You know, that's, that's one of my favorite parts about it. But if you're not expressing something authentic and real, and true to yourself on some level, people are gonna sniff that out immediately, right? It's like, have you ever gotten in front of a room of 200 plus people under a spotlight and tried to behave? Inauthentically, you know, like against the grain of how you normally would behave. What are the chances you're going to fool all of those people, right? With that performance? Like even if you manage to, like, why would you want to? You know, what are you gaining from tricking those people into believing in this fake version of you? You know? You know, unless that's your goal, you know, it's it's not satisfying, right? Like to me, the whole point of the medium of stand-up comedy is to relate authentically to the audience. You know, usually in regard to topics that are tricky, challenging, you know, maybe a little taboo, right? You're, you're trying to express things authentically that aren't easily expressed in everyday life. You know, this, this is what tends to attract stand-up comedians to stand-up comedy. The best stand-up doesn't come from the same place as polite discussions at dinner parties. It just doesn't, you know? Stand-up, even squeaky clean stand-up, is a little bit more impish and irreverent. It's not state-sanctioned party-line discourse, right? So to do stand-up, is to express yourself authentically about topics that make most people at least slightly uneasy, right? That's frightening. Let's, it's, let's be honest, that's a little scary. But if you're going to succeed, you have to engage in that project authentically. What, is it, what does it mean to be authentic? To be authentic is to have integrity. All right, let's break that down. What does integrity mean? It means you're integrated, integrity integrated, all right? what you are saying and doing is well integrated into who you are, right? Everything lines up top to bottom, bottom to top, so that how you are presenting yourself makes integrated sense. Your internal thought processes are well integrated. Your external expression of those thoughts and your interaction with the external world, with the audience, all of that is integrated in an authentic way that makes sense for everyone involved. I know that's a really complicated way to say something that seems obvious, like when when things are flowing out of you to the audience and back and it all makes sense and everyone is laughing, that's like, it's like having a bunch of spinning plates up in the air you know, on those spinning plate sticks, like you, you can't fake it, <laughs> you know, like at least at least not for long, you know, it's, it's too fragile, it's too delicate. You know, there's all the there's so many like micro muscles that are active in such specific ways to get that level of balance. It's, it's not it can be done as a trick, but it's it's really not a trick. It's a practice skill that becomes part of who you are. You don't, you don't think about riding the bike, you just ride the bike. You know, integrity comes from consistent daily practice. We are what we do. Your daily habits and actions make up your personality, right? Your personality is the buildup of all of your habits over time. You can't be one person in real life and then be a completely different person when you're performing without a bunch of extra strain and effort. And you know, again, there are actors, there are you know, characters, you, you can do a character on stage, right? Larry the Cable Guy isn't the same as Dan Whitney, but Dan Whitney is honest about the fact that Larry the Cable Guy is a character, right? He hasn't tried to scrub his Wikipedia page so that the audience isn't aware that it's an act, right? That's its own form of authenticity. Let's just set that aside, you know? Cause like at that point, you, you are an actor, you're playing a role that you, you have written for yourself. You're telling the audience that this is a different personality being expressed on stage. It's not your personality, and they are aware of that. They know that. As much as is possible, that's not the type of stand-up comedy I personally strive for. You know, I want to be myself on stage as much as possible. That's my goal with stand-up. You know, I see it as a medium for authentic self-expression. With acting, you're trying to become someone else. With stand-up, I want to explore my own mind more thoroughly. And that probably sounds like horribly self-absorbed. But I like to think that it's not completely narcissistic because that exploration happens in concert with an audience. You know, you're exploring your mind by bouncing thoughts off of a big group of people in front of you, right? You figure yourself out more and more through their reactions to you. I brought up Bill Burr, one of Bill Burr's close friends, another of my favorite comics, I've mentioned him before, Patrice O'Neill. There's an excellent documentary about Patrice called Killing is Easy. And in that documentary, Patrice says, "You know, I don't see myself as an entertainer. A juggler is an entertainer. A magician is an entertainer. I don't think a good comedian entertains anybody. For Patrice, comedy was all about telling the truth, right? You don't sacrifice your honest feelings for the sake of entertainment. You don't fake it for a laugh. And Patrice shared his perspective as authentically as any comedian ever has, right? The laughs, and they were big, deep laughs. He's very, very funny. The laughs were the result of him telling his subjective truth authentically, not apologizing for who he was. You know, that doesn't mean that everything Patrice was saying on stage was objectively, capital T, true, right? He wasn't, he didn't get the last word on everything. Everything he said wasn't 100% accurate, but it was an authentic expression of his real lived experience in our culture. He didn't lie about how he felt he truthfully expressed his emotions about the subjects he addressed. Subjective truth, you know, means our individual truth, you know, what we know or believe to be true. Objective truth, you know, means what is true regardless of our opinions and feelings. Stand up is about the expression of subjective truth. It's not science or math. Dennis Leary, he uh, he quotes Patrice at the end of the documentary. You know, he says, uh Patrice said, I ain't up there telling jokes. Fuck jokes. I'm up there explaining how I fucking feel and a lot of times how I feel is fucking complicated. It's a great use of serious of words of fucking but anyway that's that's what's so cool about stand up you know you don't have to be perfect you don't have to know everything you aren't up there lecturing and explaining it all to the audience you're saying shit into a microphone and then you're watching to see you know how all the people staring at you react to you it's a conversation about confusing shit <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if you can tell, but I get excited about that. I like talking about confusing shit. You know, and to have a real conversation with the audience, you have to be the real you. You have to say things you really think and feel, you know, at least on some level, right? Maybe you're unsure about how you feel. Then you have to express yourself in that way. Be unsure. You know, if you're mad, be mad. Not fake mad. If you're sad, be sad. If you're happy, be happy. You might be mad, sad, and happy about all the wrong things. Who cares? That's probably funny. (laughs) Talk about it. People will be interested. Don't try to predict what people are going to be interested in and find funny. Talk about what you're interested in and care about in an authentic way. That's where all the biggest laughs are going to be hidden, right? It's also where you're going to create original art. People can't copy your unique feelings. The hardest part about doing stand up this way is that you're putting yourself out there to be criticized. This is gonna seem like a detour, but I promise it's not. There's a famous neuroscientist, Antonio Damasio, who's done a lot of work on how emotions influence human decision-making. His work on how the human brain functions has shown why the enlightenment and the scientific revolution, you know, haven't led us down the road to utopia like a lot of really smart people thought it would. Basically, human beings are emotional animals and we don't behave perfectly logically and rationally, you know? Even like the super dweeby, nerdy, philosophical scientist type people, they are all swayed in their behavior, primarily by subconscious desires and emotions they have minimal control over. That's how all of us are. It has to do with how our brains evolved. Again, I promise this is still related to stand-up. So, Damasio's work is fascinating. Uh, This isn't really the place for me to go further into it, but the reason I bring him up is I was listening to a podcast interview in which he was talking about why having feelings is so vulnerable. It's scary to share our feelings with other people. Why is that? Why do we care about sharing our feelings? You're just you're just telling people how you feel. Why is that scary? You know, I care because I do stand-up comedy and it's critical, you know, for me to conquer my fear of sharing my feelings in front of a large group of people. But anyway, uh, Antonio Damasio he pointed out in this conversation that to have feelings is by definition, to be vulnerable, right? Why? Well, our feelings stir us toward action. Feelings tell us what we should expend energy and resources in seeking, right? Hunger, thirst, the need for social bonding, sex, all of these are expressions of our fundamental vulnerabilities, limitations, and ultimately mortality, right? If we don't meet our needs, we don't survive, right? Our feelings are our body's way of communicating unmet needs. To have experience moving through the world, to engage in life on any level, all of that is evolutionarily motivated by what we lack. Feelings push us out into the world to seek what we don't have. And so if you reveal your feelings, you reveal your limitations. That's kind of why it's scary. To participate in life, you have to be limited and vulnerable. You know, you have to be mortal. This is where it gets, you know, a little bit trippy. You know, the flip side of that coin is that if you don't have any vulnerabilities, then you don't have any motivation to do anything. Right? I'm going to repeat that in a slightly different way. If you don't have any vulnerabilities, then you don't have any feelings. Feelings are our motivation in life. Feelings tell us what to do because they are trying to help us compensate for our limits and vulnerabilities. If you don't need anything, then you don't seek anything. You know, to be omnipotent, all powerful, would be to sit in stasis, right? To be perfectly satisfied would be to never move or change or grow. You know, I'm a dude, so I can say from a fair amount of dude experience that men, you know, we tend to wall off emotionally because we don't want to show weakness. You know, this is one of the reasons I like Bill Burr, because he talks about this shit. We know inherently that our feelings can reveal our limits and vulnerabilities, but this ends up being its own weakness because it cuts us off socially and we are social animals, right? Humans have a deep need for social interaction. We evolved, co evolved in tribes, and feelings are involved in that social interaction. The need for things like love and acceptance, a lot of feelings in that territory, right? What I like about stand up is that if you can express your vulnerability appropriately, You know, people kind of love it because sharing your feelings gives them permission to share their own feelings. There's an intimacy to it. You gotta be careful because it's it's not a substitute for like real friends and family and stuff, but but there is an intimacy to the art form of stand-up. You know, everyone wants to express themselves, but we are all terrified of inappropriately expressing our vulnerability and being socially punished for it in various ways, right? No one wants to be rejected for expressing themselves. And on top of that, there's also always the risk of being misinterpreted. This is a good time to bring up Jimmy Carr. Jimmy Carr, a very prominent British comedian known for his darker humor, does a lot of tight one-liner style jokes. I was listening to an interview he did, and he was talking about how as a comic, you need to know who you are authentically. And then in addition to that, you need to know how the rest of the world perceives you there's a gap there. Who you are, how the world sees you, that's not the same. We're all trying to express ourselves authentically, but everything we are thinking about is also being filtered out of us as limited embodied animals, right? We look a certain way, we sound a certain way. That's also part of our vulnerability. So we're trying to express you know, our authentic feelings through these limited human bodies, you know, as if this all wasn't already challenging enough, right? But yeah, that's the truth. You have to understand what people's baseline perception of you is when you walk out on stage. You know, that's why so many comics start with self-deprecating jokes about their appearance. Right? That's one of the first that's the go-to for most comics. You have you have to address how you look and sound superficially before people will warm up to you and let you talk about things that are more than skin deep. You know, the goal in doing that is to not let people's perceptions of you dictate who you are. You know, the goal is to embrace your limitations but then move beyond them. Everyone has more to express than what's on the surface. I think most people realize that, you know, our minds are constantly reaching with our imagination beyond our limited bodies. You know, that's that's part of being human as being an animal, but also having this capacity to strive for more. Consciousness, whatever that is, none of us have quite figured out, you know, what is going on with that neurologically. But consciousness, that allows us to converse with each other and share experiences in unprecedented ways, and you know that's that's a terrible gift to waste by making superficial judgments about appearance that you know cause people to clam up and shut down. So that's that's why you you try to as a comic you you talk about that so you can move beyond it. I just mentioned consciousness, so I'm legally required, I think, to uh, quote at length from Pete Holmes' book comedy sex god now. Um, Pete Holmes, another fun comedian, uh, certified silly billy of a man. Uh, His own journey to authenticity, well-documented on his podcast, You Made It Weird, uh, also with his HBO show, Crashing. I also have to mention great title for a book because it sounds like he is calling himself a comedy sex god uh, when you first read the title right but the title is actually you know more like comedy comma sex comedy god you know so those those are three separate subjects he tackles in the book not one unified descriptor of how he sees himself anyway in comedy sex god Pete Holmes is talking about this spiritual mentor of his, Ram Dass. Uh, he's a dude who used to be a psychology professor at Harvard, uh, along with Timothy Leary, the fella Richard Nixon thought was trying to ruin America's youth with drugs. Ram Dass, he uh, he tripped on some LSD and then became an Eastern spiritual leader, something along those lines. But anyway, this, this is Pete in his book, uh, trust me. Uh, This is related to what I've been talking about in terms of being authentic on stage, personality, acting, embodied consciousness. This This is gonna make sense, but Comedy Sex God, there's that. This is Pete Holmes, Comedy Sex God. This packaging we find ourselves in, our bodies, it's just a uniform. You're not a Jew. You are awareness in Jewish packaging. I'm not a tall, soft Lithuanian. I'm awareness in tall, soft Lithuanian packaging. Ramdas expanded my what is this to include a very big who is this? I never really understood the significance of this question before him. My whole life, when people would say, the most important question you can ask is, who am I? I always took the question as an invitation to excavate your personality. Don't leave anything behind. Find out if you like sushi, or hiking, or bubble tea ice cream. Through all of my 20s and early 30s, if someone had commanded me to, know thyself, I would have replied, I do. I am Pete. I am a soft, right-handed comedian from Lexington, Massachusetts, who likes peanut butter, the first two Christopher Nolan Batman movies, and despite social pressures, doesn't really care for the Beatles. I'm sorry. It just sounds like kids' music to me." That's how I thought you answered the biggest question of life, just really digging in and laying out your preferences and your dislikes for all to see, as if after you did that, you'd look back on your life as an old man, satisfied, and say, "'Everyone knew how I took my coffee.'" But I was learning that perhaps the better way to ask this question would be, who are you, Really, what is consciousness? In other words, what is looking out your eyes right now? That's awareness. And when all the great spiritual teachers say you have to die to your little self and awaken to your big self, that's what they mean. In fact, that's how I would summarize all of spirituality. You are not your thoughts, you are not your personality, You are the elemental, pure, eternal consciousness residing behind those thoughts. Lay down your ego, stop collecting meaningless shit, wake up, and rest in that awareness. It's who you really are. Now I think Pete is onto something, but I also think we can't spend all of our time tripping on mushrooms, you know? He's onto something in that by suppressing your own ego, by not being entirely ruled by your own embodied desires, the feelings inside you that say, I want this, I need this, you know, you can expand your perspective to include the wider world. There's other consciousnesses out there, right? All that social bonding stuff that we need. So, you know, if you aren't inwardly focused on everything your feelings are telling you to do, you might be able to get more in touch with the thoughts and feelings of others around you. Wouldn't that be nice, right? Your consciousness can interact with other people's consciousness. You can get this sense that we as conscious beings, as awareness in general, as Ram Das was trying to say, uh, that we are connected in a different and special way compared to other life out in nature. Now, if you can get over your own vulnerabilities, the things your ego is trying to protect, you might be able to reach deeper connections with other people. You can't do this forever, right? You you still have to eat and drink and work and survive as an individual in the world at the end of the day, right? Human beings didn't evolve the capacity to successfully meditate our way into a perpetually self-sustaining global shared consciousness thing right we still have have shit to do to make our way in the world however you know however we might be able to have transcendent moments together here and there you know that's still available you know i see art and therefore stand up comedy as one such opportunity. If you're doing it right, I think the stage is a space to try to dissolve your ego, drop your desires, drop your fears, drop your defenses. You know, you you can plant your feet on some different ground other than the ego, right? The stage is about dissolving boundaries and connecting with everyone else. You know, it's weird it's weirdly not about you. You know, you have to be you, the authentic you, but you want to reach to see the world through different eyes. You know, that's very much part of the project. You know, this is where it gets, you know, a little fruity again, you know, but you're, you're kind of going for those childlike, innocent eyes, you know, curious, ignorant eyes, the eyes of the audience, you know, you know this is so silly, but like really like loving and grateful eyes, the, the eyes of awareness. Or if you find all of this to be way too tutti fruity nonsense, and it all just sounds like a bunch of BS, you could always walk up on stage, you know, Bernie Mac style, just like, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. Emotional vulnerability in standup is frightening. You know, it is scary to put some portion of you out in the world to be judged and criticized and ripped apart for not conforming with how other people think you should be. Who the hell are you to stand underneath a spotlight, you know, and amplify your feelings with a microphone? That's crazy. But the thing is, you know, you don't have to be perfect up there. You know, you just have to be human. And humans are goofy, messed up, troubled, wildly imperfect freaks if you get to know them at all, right? They really are. (laughs) It's a much lower bar to clear than you might think. Perfection, again, isn't interesting, right? Remember, something that is all-powerful and all-knowing doesn't have any emotions. It doesn't need feelings because it doesn't need anything, right? The feelings, it doesn't have feelings to point it toward any emotional needs. Emotionally honest human messes are much more interesting, right? That's what people can relate to. That's what makes sense to people living in the real world. Authentic stand-up isn't a glossed over Hollywood production. You're not an actor. It's a different art form, you know? So don't, don't do an act be yourself on stage. And I think, you know, if you do that, if you share your vulnerabilities, you'll find that other people have similar vulnerabilities. You know, we're, we're all mortal. You know, there aren't any gods walking around amongst us. We've all been wounded. You know, human consciousness, as big and beautiful and extraordinary as it is, it still isn't infinite. You know, it's still fragile. That's scary. Like the whole human project is fragile, right? This isn't necessarily forever. It's very scary to be a person. But, We can laugh about it together and I think that's still pretty cool.